Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Just Friends. As always, I'm your host, Mitchell Embry. And this week is super exciting because it is the culmination of our conversation with our very good friend, Mr. Tim Hignan. If you thought the first episode was good, just wait until you hear this one. It's not quite as good. I'm just kidding. It's even better. I really fell in love with this episode. This conversation was wonderful. It was a blast to make. And these intros to the second episode are harder to make. I've already said everything I wanted to say in the first one. So without any further ado, we're just going to get right to it. Right back to our conversation with our friend, Mr. Tim Higdon. I think what you end up doing is like you get really focused on one thing and then you realize like that's not super pri- that's not a big time priority and then yeah. you shift that discipline to other things like you're married now yeah got a baby on the way congratulations yeah. do y'all know much about that uh her name's gonna be evie and i think she's gonna be cool okay i hope she i imagine <laughs> she's gonna be cool she's got two cool parents yeah no she's doing april uh april 17th and i keep trying to talk to Brittany. i'm like she's born on the 20th we have to name her mary jane and she's like no 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 and i'm like come on <laughs> But yeah, and I figured we'll, we'll stick with Evie. I like Evie. Evie's a great name. Evelyn Ruth. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah. See, I wish I had a good name. I got a weak ass name. You know, you think so, Tim Higgins? I think it's a powerful name. Yeah, but like, I get Mexican jokes, but I got no, I got no Mexican flair in my name. Not even like a middle name. I got Timothy Joseph Michael Higdon. I want to. Damn. Know. Yeah, you got four names, and none of them are even like slightly. Yeah. See, TJ is Timothy Jerome, so he yeah. gets that flavor that's in there. That's dope. <laughs> but uh, I mean, my name's Mitchell Douglas Embry. So like, that's pretty white, but I am pretty white. So it works out nice. Uh, that's what I always tell my dad. Like, why'd you give me all these white names, man? <laughs> Cause he wanted to name me Joseph Michael as a character he was playing in a play at the time. And then my mom was like, no, that's gay. We're naming him after you. <laughs> they settled on both. And I was like, cool. So your dad would like did acting and stuff like that. Yeah. He's been in a the theater. Uh, he was in the army too. And then after he got out, he still, he works for the government still. He's their big showrunner for MWR and stuff. Yeah, he's always in plays. I remember I went to go see him. He played Jesus in two plays growing up. Wow. Godspell and The Loving Kind. That's so cool because you said he did like sound production and like audio design. Yeah. I wish I would have followed his footsteps because I'm like, I'm a real, I always get on Britney. Like I, I really appreciate quality audio. Mm-hmm. I fine tune things. Like I have different songs. Like, I have it on different settings. She's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, we got to get rid of the carpet. Everything's going to sound better without the carpet. We got the hardwood. It'll reverberate better. Put that over there in this corner. And she's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, then I'm, I want to apologize now for the shitty quality of, of the podcast. I'm working on it no, diligently. This, this is dope. This is dope. Like I said, I like this microphone setup. I appreciate audio, but I don't know. Like, I couldn't talk to I couldn't talk to my dad about it. Yeah. He was getting on. I showed him my new setup, and he just started around. I was like, hey, we'll just chill out, Pops. <laughs> yeah, see, I think it's kind of the opposite, because you're talking about, like, you really appreciate having a nice quality sound system. Yeah. I'm co- I'm collecting audio, so you want the exact opposite. You want lots of carpet. You want lots of draperies because uh, yeah. you don't want you don't want sound bouncing around. You want to capture it as it comes out of its source, and then you want it to die immediately, so you can get the purest uh, like version of what you're collecting. That makes sense. We're on both ends of the spectrum. Yes, yeah. that's good because my little brothers they uh they're into so like they would set up a little recording studio in the basement of my dad's house in DC. And I walked in, they're stapling egg cartons to the walls and shit. And they like, they had some makeshift, I call it a spit guard. I don't know if that's what it's really called. called a pop filter. But yeah, they're sitting there talking like, man, we're picking up, we're picking up all this extra shit. And then they put something right there and they, they worked it out. I mean, they spent like 30 bucks, had their own little makeshift recording studio. Before I got permission from my wife to invest a little bit more money, I was going to take clothes hangers and I was going to stretch painting hose over them. <laughs> that's what I was <laughs> But she was like, you, you're allowed to spend money. I was like, 
oh okay cool then i will <laughs> <laughs> I think they did that like on that movie you ever seen hustle and flow yeah that's one of my favorite movies that's a great movie it is a great movie like i like it because i love that genre of music to do like i love love three six mafia dj paul was in it i was like dj paul i remember that because okay so to go back to like high school and i didn't mean to cut you off but no you're good do you remember when we did that humanities trip to that church yes and, and we bounced yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was awesome that was so much fun because who who we were in miss burns class yeah for humanities it was like me you nick tj was there tj I think there were some girls too, but yeah, I don't remember who they girls. were. I tried to avoid them. Yeah. Because I was like, I'll fuck that up real well, they'll quick. They'll give you cooties also. You don't want that shit. Yeah. No, I mean, I wanted the cooties. But. Oh, did you? Okay. Well, <laughs> teach his own, I guess. Yeah. I remember we were there. We stayed there for like 20 minutes. It was like, supposed to be really long. I don't remember why we left, but we were, I remember we all just looked at each other. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> and we went to Flabby's, a little German pub. <laughs> yes. And that closed. That closed I in know, like 2009. Me and Nick went back there and ate twice after that. Just randomly, it was like, yeah, yeah, this place still got it. And then looked up one time, like, gone. I was like, damn. So I was trying to take Brittany. I told her about that story one time. I was like, yeah, we just field trip. I think it was on a Saturday or something. Or maybe we had to, we got to miss school to go. Yeah, we did. Because you had to have a cultural experience, whatever yeah. the fuck that means. <laughs> and so, like, in order to get this cultural experience in, Miss Burns was like, well, one of the, the choir teachers, she sings in this, like, Catholic mass kind of yeah. thing. She was like, you guys can go to it. It's this time. So we get in there. And everyone's dressed to the nines, yes. too. And we're, like, in ragtag clothes. <laughs> Which, that was not our fault. We no. should have been prepared I for that. I need a heads up, son. Right, let me know. And, I mean, like, I'm in high school. Like, I don't have nice clothing. Yeah. Like, I, my parents would buy me, like, a shirt and tie every time I had to go to, like, a wedding or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we get in there, and I remember, like, we were playing in the holy water. And somebody uh. was like, stop doing that. <laughs> This is not the ideal environment for us. <laughs> Saturday, son, there's no rules. <laughs> but I think somebody asked somebody else, and they're like, how long does this last? And they said it was like a couple hours. It was, I think it was four hours. Yeah, we were like, fuck this. <laughs> but the thing I remember is it had gotten started. The whole cathedral, which is beautiful, by the way. Yeah, it was a dope place like to look at, for yeah. real. But it, had, it was pitch black, but it had these huge like 20-foot doors. And we opened those doors as we were sneaking out, and the whole place was just flooded with light. So it was like, nah, well, we are caught. Hey, just don't go back. <laughs> yeah, I remember like we were catching a lot of gazes from people, and I was like, oh. And like I'd only been to Catholic. You'd think being Mexican, I would be Catholic. <laughs> I've got like Catholic-looking tattoos and stuff. Because I said my first tattoo, not going to get prayer hands, not going to get a cross. Everybody gets that shit. I got prayer hands with a fucking rosary. <laughs> well, that's cool. Do you like it? Yeah, you know, actually, I don't like it. It's the only tattoo I didn't really give any thought to. I just flipped through his book and was like, that looks cool. Yeah. But yeah, no, Catholic services are wild, man. You got to stand up, sit down. I went to one with my Mexican grandmother, my Bita. And I was like, Bita, I'm not jiving with this. I'm not going to lie. And it's oh, long. Yes, they are. I went to a Catholic wedding. Yeah, Evan's fucking sister had a cat full really? service. Well, I never knew anything about it. And I was like, Jesus Christ. How long is this going to take? <laughs> that's what you said? Because that's perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Nick's little brother, Dusty and Cheyenne. They're in there like doing wedding crashers jokes the whole time, <laughs> putting eye drops in. Going, Sorry, I'm a coxman. Like, and then Judy thought it was us, and I was like, No, 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 that was the little ones. I mean, I was laughing at them for sure, but <laughs> I just remember, like, yeah, you're right. You stand up, you sit down, you stand up, you sit down. But then they did like a communion, and everybody got in line. Yeah, and every single time somebody would take, like, they'd eat the wafer. Mm -hmm. The guy who was officiating would go, Body of Christ. 
<laughs> Body of Christ. I would like to do it, but I, I didn't want to sit in line and watch him do it. <laughs> yeah, I, the whole time. You ever watch Dane Cook stand up? Yeah. I remember he had that little bit. It was one of his first specials. He was talking about he'd go to the priest and just stick his tongue out of it. <laughs> I didn't do it because, I don't know, religious leaders kind of freaked me out. Especially when I was younger. Well, I also, yeah, well, they should have. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen to you. So what did you do after, so after the National Guard? Like, was, were you like, I'm going to go back to college? Uh, I did, but only because I didn't have a job to pay. Like, I, I wasn't in school, and I knew, like, I wasn't going to appeal to go back to Western again. I was like, I've done this train. Most of my friends are graduating by that time. So I was like, you know, it's time to get the fuck out of this city. Nothing. A lot of good's happened. I'm not going to say nothing good. But, you know, time was done. Came back home, didn't have a job. Knew I had to start paying my loans back. So I just applied to JCC just to buy me time. I was like, well, if I'm in school, I don't have to pay my right. loans. So I went to, and that's ironically, like, I was around 26 then. And then it was the first time I actually went to class high. I was walking in, and I'll name drop him. Dave West pulled up. I was like, oh, I was yeah. already running late. And he just stopped. He's like, hey, dude, what's up, dude? What's up? He's like, jump in, man. I got a bowl of chronic. And I was like, all right, <laughs> without thinking. And he's like, what are you up to? And I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, I got to go take goddamn tests right now. I was like, shit, I started freaking out because like, I, don't, I didn't, didn't like going places high at that point. Yeah. Then I walked into class. I was like, do they know I'm high? Do they know I'm high? And then as soon as they handed the test, it started flowing through. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. I see where this is going. Mm. Then I walked into history class after that, and I fucking hate, hated history. But then that day, I was engaged. I was like, they were doing what? Those guys are <laughs> crazy. And she was like, the teacher kept looking at me like, this guy's awfully engaged today. Do you remember her name? No. Man, I had an, because I went to JCC for a few years, me and Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a teacher there named, what was her name? Judy Monroe Layton. You'll remember her if it was the right lady, because she had one leg that was shorter than the other. Nah, nah I didn't it wasn't her. her no. Uh, she was the best fucking English, te- or best history teacher I've ever had in my life. She would just, she just talk, and it was really interesting to listen to her talk. And I wasn't high, but it probably would have been more fun if I had been. Yeah, well, then, oh, yeah, what I was getting at, though, is when I did go to JCC towards the end of it, I just started getting high before class. Like, if I had time to sneak to my car and hit the one-hitter and do that, and, like, I was like, oh, I actually enjoy going to class now. Like, even subjects I don't know anything about, it was cool. And I was like, now I should start going to college. But I was like, by then, I was like, I've already racked up so much debt. I was like, I'm not doing the road again. I'm 26 my goal was to have a degree about 30 if I were to have one. And I wasn't going to meet that goal. That's exactly, that was my goal. Yeah. <laughs> I started, I was like, I'm 25. I was making pretty decent money. I was able to buy my house, which is nice. But I was single and I, I could see that like there was nowhere to go unless I wanted to leave the, the city and I didn't really want to do that. Yeah. And I was like, uh, all right, well, I want to have a bachelor's degree and be teaching in a classroom by the time I was 30. Yeah, but you made that decision when you were 25, right? I was at 25, 26, yeah. Yes, because you, I mean, it's like, you know, going to speed school and that not working out. But, like, by the time you went back, you had, like, real, I want to say, like, you know, a real motive to go. Like, you knew. Like, you were more developed, more mature. That's what it was. Yeah. I, for, since then, you, you know. you like, what the world's like. Right. And also, I've studied a lot of, like, human development. And the the main part of our brains that is like assigned to like seeing the consequences of our decision is the front and the very part front part of your brain is called the prefrontal cortex. And that doesn't develop in men until like 26. What about 36? Maybe. I think my prefrontal cortex <laughs> is stubborn as shit. <laughs> Maybe. But so I kind of felt that happen. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do what I need to do. And what I ended up doing was I did it all online, which was scary because it was like, I had nobody, I didn't have to go to class. I just had to, to do it and get it done. Yeah. And so what I ended up doing was like, and it was, it was kind of where I feel like I developed discipline. Like you said, it was in the army. 
I'd wake up and I'd be like, okay, I either need to get this much work done or I'm going to work from say maybe like 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. on school, nothing else, no distractions, no TV, no phone. And if I don't get what I want to get done finished, fine. Right. If I do get what I want to get done finished, I can stop early. Now, could you do that like at your house? Yeah, I did it sitting on that couch right there. See, if I do anything like responsible that requires me to like be disciplined, I have to get out of a comfort zone. Like I would have like for studying for the apprenticeship, whenever I joined the, uh, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, I would have to go like to the library or somewhere that felt studious. Like I couldn't just like, if I could see my couch, I'm going to sit over there. And then I get comfortable and I got to like sit or I got to be uncomfortable to do productive things. You'll notice if you look at that area of the couch, like it's much more wrinkly. Uh-huh. It's because my fat ass was sitting there yeah. for hours <laughs> just typing away on my computer, fucking discussion post, discussion post, discussion serve post. Me well, you serve me well. Mm-hmm. There's like a little tear right there. I remember when I did that tear, like I, I think I might have like farted and like I lifted my leg <laughs> and I ripped my couch. <laughs> but that was where I had to learn it. And I didn't even realize it, but eventually what happened was I was like, oh, shit. I'm passing classes all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> like, shit's go, shit, this is working. This is what hard work does for you? Yeah. <laughs> and that was a really cool experience. It's cool that you learned that in the military. I think a lot of people learn that in the military. Yeah, but, like, the military, too, like, it was easy to do it in the military because it's like, well, you're here. Like, the big thing was, like, embrace the suck. And I was like, all right, I'll embrace the suck. And the other thing, too, like, I don't want to be the guy. You know, a lot of guys who go to basic, lose a bunch of weight, and then, like, a year later you see them and they're bigger than they were before. Mm-hmm. And I was so determined not to do that because I'm just naturally, like, a bigger dude. Cause I like, I mostly just cause I eat a lot. I can't stop. So I just kept all that going. But as far as coming to like school and stuff, like doing that kind of shit, I'm like, eh, well, also, need to. I think it has to do with what you're interested in. Cause I think I have kind of like, I've been always been a little bit nerdy and like kind of into like intellectual pursuits a little bit. Yeah. Not to say that like I'm any smarter than anybody around me. Cause I have tons of really smart friends who are not into the same type of thing that I, that I'm into. Right. And I have some friends who I consider to be geniuses yeah. at like sports. They're like Uber athletes. Yeah. And you learn that as you get older. Like people like they have knacks for different avenues yeah. of intellect. So I know that like doing the job I have now where like this guy can't read, can't do math, can do no book work really. But like just a genius is like just looking like there's uh his mechanical dexterity and his aptitude was like off the charts. And I was like, I can't do that shit. But like, I'm dumb. Like, I can't tell you if you turn that gear, it's going to do that to that. He'd be like, you set that over there, swing it over here, keep it around 45 degrees. I'm like, I thought you said you failed eighth grade math. He's like, yeah, but I know how to operate a cream, buddy. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, so this guy, he's like, he is a genius in his own right. He just can't very, he can't read very well. Yeah. You, you're right. You have aptitude. You have like avenues of things that you're good at and avenues of things that you suck at. Yeah. And you have to learn to kind of, you have to figure out what it is you're good at. I talked to Dave about this. Yeah. You have to figure out what it is that you're good at. And then if you dedicate yourself to that, you can get really good at it. Whereas if you're trying to get really good at something that you're, that you start off, your baseline is shitty. You're never going to get great at that. Yeah. No matter how hard that's my job right now. Really? Yeah. Cause like I work on power lines and stuff and it's not all that complicated, but like I say, it's just one of like, I was the first thing I've done that I just wasn't naturally able to pick up. But, like, I had to keep doing it. Like, in school, if I didn't naturally pick up, I was like, oh, fuck science. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just not going to just cheat. But you can't cheat at work. You know, there's fucking live wires out there. Someone can get hurt and killed. And then the Army, the Army's always kind of like Forrest Gump. Like, oh, you just do what they say and I always have to say everything. With, yes, drill, sergeant. Yeah. And then I got to this line of work. And I'd always, I don't want to say, like, I was cocky or arrogant. But I always felt like I was a pretty intelligent guy. Like, I know I was wild. I'd act out of line sometimes. But, you know, 
You got to distinguish on your high school junior portfolio. Yeah, but that didn't mean shit. <laughs> Building power lines. Yeah. And that was rough, man. That was rough. It took me like, because I didn't like any of them. They didn't like me. That's one thing we had in common. We were both stubborn. Like, I wasn't changing for them. Because most of those guys, like, they live and died. I love line work. I love this shit. And I was like, I do this shit for a paycheck. Don't fucking call me after five o'clock. <laughs> right. And like, and most of the guys I worked with at first, they're all from West Virginia, like real West Virginia, like hillbillies. Like in the mountains. Like fed their babies Mountain Dew. Yeah, and they called me New York. I was like, why do you call me New York? They're like, sound like New York City. I'm like, technically I'm farther south than you, bro. What are you talking about? And for like two months, like, it was like 40 of those guys and they fucking hated me. But I was like, I need the paycheck. I'm going to keep showing up. Like, you know, I play this drill all day. And then end up, I actually fought the foreman's son on accident, which, something wrong. He like slammed a truck door on me and I thought he was joking around. I was like, ha ha. He's like, the fuck out of my way. And I was just snapped that day. It was hot. And I was done. I just slammed it back. I was like, fuck you, bitch. And we're about to go. And everybody's like, no, no, leave him alone. That's, that's Butcher's son. I was like, fuck Butcher. Who's Butcher? And like, he's the GF. He's the general foreman. He's like Mac Daddy. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's son. I was like, oh, one of these fucking kids. Yeah. And they actually turned out to be pretty cool. But like, he, he's slightly off. Like, I saw him whacking off in the truck. They told me he did it. They were like, yeah, you gotta watch him. Like, <laughs> he was like, he'll pull his Peter out and he'll start working with it. And I was like, y'all are fucking with me. And one day we're like 100 feet up on this tower and they're like, Tito, Tito, look. Zach's doing it. And I look down. And he's just in the car. <laughs> truck door open. Right in the middle of the field. Just yanking his dick. He's just my dick. I'll do what I want. They call was, you Tito? Yeah. <laughs> Tito's my nickname almost everywhere except for where I work now in high school. Because in the army, they said I look like Tito Ortiz. Mm. Which I hey, don't. you know what? No. No, you don't think so? No. But I have you ever seen, uh, not jailbreak, what's that? Prison break. Yeah. Sucre. Oh. I see that too, for sure. That yeah, more than Tito Ortiz. That was especially like uh, right after when I was like really thin, super in shape, because I had a really defined jaw structure and everything. They showed me a picture of that dude, and it looked exactly like mm-hmm. a profile picture on Facebook at the time. And I was <laughs> like, whoa! I was like, that is close. Anything other than that, I was always like, just because he's Mexican doesn't mean I look like him. Right. So that's actually a perfect segue because after, after right after high school, I actually kind of went into the construction trade. My dad was a a rod buster. And I, I imagine you probably work with uh, some rod busters or maybe, you, maybe not because you're a lineman. Yeah. So what's a rod buster? So like, you know how concrete walls will have like, like the rebar and the stuff rebar in there? installation. Yeah. yeah. I did rebar installation. Oh. Fucking sucked. I've done it where we had to take it out of like the foundations for towers, jackhammer into the concrete, but I didn't know anything about rebar in there. And you're sitting there working this big ass jackhammer and I hit the rebar and it fucking yanked me back. I was like, Jesus, and like, ah, is that rebar? I'm like, what's a rebar? <laughs> I did not fit in well with that culture at all. It's very hyper masculine, yes. which is not my, just not my yes, vibe. No, that's not like I had the same issue. So like to this day, I, I got my ticket now and I've been done my time. So and a lot of the guys there are younger than me, too. So respect. But starting out, like like you said, they're all hyper masculine. And I'm just like this chill city boy. I like, I like to read books. They're like, your daddy didn't show you to use tools? I'm like, oh, man. I had a bunch of stepdaddies and none of them showed me how to, to use tools. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I got into that and I struggled there. And like, it was what it was when I said like, oh, fuck, maybe I'm going to go to college. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I was getting a, a sweet paycheck. Like I went straight out of high school. I was making like $16, $17 an hour doing this, but it fucking sucked. I remember the first, I'll never forget this, dude. It was like the first long eight hour day like after i'd kind of because there was no fucking orientation or any bullshit like that this wasn't the union it was just like come here and we're gonna work and the the first couple of weeks i was there i didn't uh have any tools i had to like save up some money so i could buy some tools so they mostly just had me carrying rebar and that was cool you know like i was in really good shape after high school i was strong yep it wasn't a big deal but i remember i got my first set of pliers so basically what you have is you have like this spool of wire on your hip 
Okay. And then anywhere that the rebar overlaps, they'll say like maybe you're going to tie it up 30%, which means like every third uh every third overlap you're going to tie it up. Gotcha. And so like you basically just like wrap that and twist a little tie of this little wire around there to hold it together. And I did that for my first day, and I got home that day. I couldn't hold a spoon. Yeah, no, dude, it was amazing. Like muscles that you never use, just yes. like doing office shit, like not working. So I remember, like, uh, right after when I first got into the apprenticeship, like I was a groundman. It's so basically like your ground help, run and get these tools for us, this and that. And I didn't know fucking anything. They asked me for, uh, <laughs> they go get me an adjustable wrench, and I brought him back some channel locks. <laughs> he was like, "The fuck is this?" I was like, "Adjust." He's <laughs> like, "It does adjust." <laughs> But yeah, then uh, I got it on climbing them towers out in Virginia. I remember the first day I got back, we were climbing. These towers were pretty small too; they're only like ninety to one hundred twenty feet. But like my palms, like the fat in my palms were sore, and I was just so exhausted. I was like, "God, oh, manual labor sucks." But like you said, you stay in great shape because I'd climb all day with like eighty pounds of just gear on my back, climbing up up to three hundred foot towers. Fuck. As soon as you get done with that one, you go down, you go to the next one up and down. Like, I'd be scared. I'd be scared of the heights. Uh, I'll tell you. I was for sure at first, but like when I was there, because everyone is when they first start climbing. If yeah. you've never gone up that high, like it's a little nerve wracking. But like I said, all these hillbillies and they're all hyper masculine said, and they didn't like me at first, so I wouldn't tell them I was scared. They were like, "You nervous going up here? You're scared, aren't you?" I was like, "Man, I'm not scared. I'm just careful. I don't, I don't know my way around here yet." But I mean, I was fucking scared, clenching every piece of metal like this. And you got safeties and stuff, so you know, if you fall, you get banged up. But probably not as long as you know what you're doing. You're not gonna fall all the way down. Which right before I got there, they had a dude who did fall 50 feet. Damn. Yeah. And he's in the hospital for like eight months because yeah. uh, we're breaking out pieces of steel and he had all the safeties on the piece that he was replacing. Just wasn't paying attention, which is easy to do. You know, you get in a routine and doing shit. But yeah, he broke that last bolt and the piece that was holding him was the piece that fell and he just poof, down. And so that was rough. And then I got there like two weeks later. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> My dad told me a story one time. Like he was a raw buster like I used to be. Um, but before he did that, he, he hung iron. So like I beams and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And he Fuck was that. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Shit yes. For real. Towers. You're like, it's like a big jungle gym. You got shit to hang on. But like those guys, just, they just walk just normal pace. Just taking a straw, this piece of bar with nothing to hold on to. Yeah. Three inches wide. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me a story. Like he was sitting in the middle of the beam and this was in like the eighties. So yeah. like OSHA was not nearly as big. So yeah. they weren't tied off anything just like coming that. Up. They were still a joke. <laughs> yeah so they they'd have the crane come over and then they tie it off in like the very middle of the bar and then one guy would sit on one end and the other guy would sit on the other end to balance it out and then they just fly up yeah and so uh they were they were installing this piece on this building uh right over broadway it was probably like a it might have i don't know what it was exactly but he said that they were bringing this piece in they were trying to put it in and you had these big lug wrenches that had like uh it came to a point at one end and what would you have one guy do is you'd line the hole up you oh, jam that in. We use those in the towers. We call them spud wrenches. Well, that's what it probably is actually called, spud yeah. wrench. And I called it the wrong thing, but fuck it. I, think it, I promise you it has five different names. <laughs> it is called a lug wrench somewhere. So he stuck the pointy end of his spud wrench in the hole, and then the other guy at the other end was supposed to like try to line his shit up. Yeah. And he said not all. it doesn't always go in. It almost never goes yeah. in. Yeah. That's basically what, on a way smaller scale of like the pieces, the bars on the tower we like, if we find them, they were bad, you break them out and replace it. And our shit, you know, it's all like a little two inch steel, but they, I don't, they don't, because the smallest guy, so they had me in the middle. So I'm trying to line up five pieces of new steel with one hole and you got to like take your spring oh out and then get a, a bolt in there. Yeah. And I ain't fucked around with bolts. Like I didn't even know what a nut was for They're like nuts and bolts. I was like, I thought they were kind of the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, I know. It's fun. It's crazy. And then those guys, though, this shit, like it's all heavy. Yes. Heavy. So he was saying that like he, he had his 
spud wrench in there and the other guy the other one was trying to get his bolt in and he couldn't get it in so they're like all right we're gonna switch so he put they my dad pulled his wrench out and when he pulled his wrench out the other guy was supposed to have his in and so like but he didn't so what ended up happening was he got swung out and uh some, somehow like the crane operator wasn't paying attention and like had boomed out and he said he was like 35 feet like over top of Broadway, like cars <laughs> flying underneath him, tied it, not tied into anything. He said his butthole got like super tiny. He was yeah. like, fuck. Dude, I could only imagine. I haven't had anything that crazy happen. But like there's a time where uh, we're building new towers and you set like four legs first and there's a big piece of steel that goes across to connect them and that gives you your foundation. Well, like there's nothing to go on to above that. So they put that piece of steel and you got to shimmy out to the middle and make the middle bolts up. And I was shimmying out to the middle and then to get you know how you said the holes don't line up mm -hmm. they'd have ropes tied on the corners and like they would literally use the trucks to pull the legs back to try to help line up they'd be like go back a little bit more look back a little bit more well this rope snapped and when it snapped the guy's spud wrench came out of his hole they're holding the wilds out there in the middle and then it swung a little bit but i had a safety on there so i wrapped around at the bottom but i remember when it went i just felt i put my hands out and my legs straight and i just clenched up that didn't go anywhere but that was the first time i was like whoo that shit could have got real quick <laughs> But I learned real fast that I was not going to enjoy construction. Yeah. And so I got out of it. It's an acclimated taste, as they say. Yeah. You say you like it, though? You really like it? Yeah, I like it. I think it's, it's kind of paradoxical because I don't like it because I'm not good at it. I'm not very adept. But I do like it because I'm not but like I'm still doing it. Like, I'm getting better. And like I enjoy say, like, finally start working. Oh, okay, I'm getting the hang of this now. And it's something I never thought I would do before. And six, they'd always make fun of me. I just caught all the pieces of machine with tractors. And you go to the backhoe and grab my gloves. I'm like, what's a backhoe? They're like, do you never see these? And I was like, I mean, yeah, I saw them. They're like, I didn't care what they were. They're like, what'd you call them? I was like, they're all just tractors to me. Well, that's a backhoe. That, there's a pressure digger. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to remember this. This is going to take me some time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess probably you just you didn't come up around it. So Yeah. That's what I told them. They were like, what do you mean your daddy didn't show you? And I was like, well, I mean, I didn't live with my dad, but like I had usually had a stepdad figure there too, but. It wasn't like, oh, this is, how you, this is how you fix a lawnmower, this and that. I was reading books, reading Lord of the Rings and shit. <laughs> it's in my own world, living on a dead-end road, catching caterpillars, reading it's like the original Google, encyclopedias. Yeah. I just flipped through them. So you like to read? Yeah, I love to read. I, I like to read, too, quite yeah. a bit. What do you read nowadays? Now, I just started reading The Witcher Ooh. because uh, I played the game a little bit, and the game was awesome, but like it's one of those super in-depth, like you lose your life into it. Yeah. And then I try to stay away from those because I will do that. Like I'll be up 15 hours straight. I'll call into work. Grown ass man. Like I'm not coming to work. I'm on double XP or something right now. But then, uh, yeah, no, we started watching the show and then I've always heard the books are really good. So I read those, but I've been to Ender's Game when that came out. I loved Ender's Game. Did you read it? Yes. So good. Did I didn't you? read all of them. I only read Ender's Game. I need to read the rest oh, of them. Oh, do they get better? Everyone. Like, really? They'll never make those into movies because it gets more it almost gets more philosophical like a lot of a lot of discussion on like human behavior and stuff and it's just i don't know man it was one of the like i didn't ever thought i'd get into science fiction but that was what got me into it it was really cool well the first book is kind of like that because at the end you end up realizing like this this alien species that everybody's trying to eradicate like yeah there's just this huge misunderstanding and they stay they stay relevant throughout the other books too then they add in more species really and at one point like in the second book it almost seems a little overwhelming but like i don't know man like I just kept, I read the Children of the Mind, then there's Xenocide, Speaker for the Dead, and then they have another offshoot where they follow uh, Bean and his journey. But I haven't read the, I have them, but I haven't. I started getting into comic books then, mm -hmm. and I really I stopped reading like books books for like four years. I've just been knocking out comics that I missed my whole life. Yeah, I never got into comics. I might need to go back. I'll tell you what I got into. I got into epic fantasy. 
because I always really liked fantasy. And then is that what would you? Do you know The Witcher? Yeah, I'm that be considered fantasy, right? Yes, for yeah, sure. This is my first like dabbling in it. Oh no, never mind. I read Lord of the Rings, but Lord of the Rings was my first. That would that would be what I would call epic fantasy. Like, yeah, long stories, super long, super in depth. And I kind of reached a pinnacle where I read these books called A Wheel of Time. Casey Ford actually introduced me to them. And it's about this guy named Randall Thor. He's the dragon reborn. And basically, like, he's a man who has magic. Uh-huh. And men in this story who have magic are tainted by this, like, dark touch that touched the male source of magic. And it's like this whole process that he goes through to, like, cleanse it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's fucking 13 books. And every book is, like, 1,200 pages. And I consider myself a fast reader. It took me a year of like really reading like regularly to get through this series. By the end of it, I was like, I don't fucking care how textured that curtain is. Fucking stop talking about it. That's how I feel about Lord of the Rings because my dad made me read those like, and like I was in elementary school. It was before the movies were coming out and shit. Yeah. And he was like, oh, do you like reading? He's like, because I was reading Louis Lamar, Louis Lamar Westerns. Like, I mean, they were good books, but they're all pretty simple. Mostly dialogue, pretty straightforward. Then he told me about the Lord of the Rings. He's like, you should read those. They're really, really good. And they're world famous. I was like, all right, I'll check them out. God, they were long. Like, I remember I actually stopped reading The Fellowship of the Ring and just read The Hobbit because it was shorter. And I loved The Hobbit. It was a little more bearable. Then I went and tackled the other three books. And then the movies came out. And I called my dad. I was like, yo, yo, did you know? Like, they're coming out the Lord of the Rings movies. Aren't you pumped? He's like, yeah, they'd be good. And I was like, so cool that we read the books. He was like, oh, I never read the books. I was like, the fuck you mean you never read the books? (laughs) You made me read them. He's like, I just told you they were good. Didn't make you read them. That's hilarious. I I was pissed. I was like, God damn it, dude. (laughs) I read the books after the movies came out. And I remember thinking to myself, what the fuck? Like in the movies, they were in Hobbiton at the very beginning for like eight minutes. Yeah. I'm reading the books. It's like, we're in chapter five. Like these motherfuckers haven't (laughs) even left yet. That's what I was telling you. I was like, there's no way like it's the, the best way to make those into like a real representation of the books that you have to do like HBO series. Yeah. That's what every, that's, that's the new thing. That's what's happened. That's so cool. That's why TV is so good. Have you checked out the new Watchmen? No. It's dope. I well, didn't even know. It's not in the graphic novels and stuff. Like That was probably one of the first ones I read, but the new series Watchmen, it was fucking awesome. What's it on? Is it on Amazon? HBO. HBO. See, I don't have HBO. Hit up Troy Davis. Oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> I'll right. shoot you his password. Right on. <laughs> I mean, I'm hanging out with him next weekend, so that's going to be cool. That actually is a cool little thing that we've talked about a lot on this podcast is like, I still hang out with so many people that I hung out with in high Oh, yeah, I almost make it a point not to hang out with people other than the <laughs> There's something to it. There's something to people who came up where you came up, grew up in the South End of Louisville. My wife does not understand the South End dynamic. She doesn't get it. Well, Brittany's from the South End, but she doesn't understand like why we think we're so good. Like, you see, every time we get a pro, we start drinking, and we'll just start reminiscing about old times, and we're all laughing and shit. And they're like, you guys think you're so cool. Like, all you do is just talk about each other while you're with each other. We're like, because we are fucking cool. <laughs> But there's something about it. Like, I, I don't know if it, there's like a, I mean, because like when I was coming up, like the the East End, all the motherfuckers from the East End that thought they were better than us. That was definitely something that I always, yeah. Come, and it turns out, you know, that's bullshit. It is. But I still give him shit. Like if I found oh, my buddy Cody Wright at work, he went to St. X. He's kind of a <laughs> guy. And as soon as I found that, I was like, ah, oh, you're one of those fucking guys. <laughs> we always make fun of Sarah. Every, every, like I have a lot of friends who have wives that grew up in like, uh, like, prospect and all yeah. that stuff and like went to oldham county schools and stuff like that and they get shit about being from the east end constantly yeah well that's a funny story britney's family like she grew up near iroquois park but her whole family is from prospect that's where they all live and i remember like the first time i went to her family function and shit i would just i was like amazed because like they were all 
so East End. Like I always said, like your family was just so white. Like, they're all <laughs> loving. Like there was no arguments there. Like right. I, didn't, I didn't trust them for like a year, and I was like, "The fuck's wrong with you? Like something's coming down the pipe. I know it. They're sick somewhere." But it's not. It took me a year to realize, like, oh, it's just a loving family. They yeah. enjoy being around each other. <laughs> they like, don't have any trauma. They, they, do, just... they fucking celebrate everyone's birthday. Yeah. I was like, I've never gone to this many family functions in my life. <laughs> we celebrated our little cousin's birthday or aunt's birthday. We're all going out to eat. I was like, this is wild. And they're just showering me with gifts, too, like on Christmas. Right. I walk home, and I was like, man, I can't come home with this. My mom's be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I feel like I'm 15 years old again. I had such an interesting experience with that with when the first time I went to Sarah's parents. It's actually become like a, it's not a point of contention, but I'm a little bit ashamed of the way that I behaved now that I look back on it. But like we went to her Christmas and they were like, you know, we're going to do a secret Santa, like $25 gift. And so I showed up with a $25 gift. I had, I had picked her mom out of like the little thingy. So I bought her like whatever it was that she put on her little list. Uh-huh. And I was like, Sarah, do I need to bring anything else? She was like, no, we're good. So I show up with my gift. I think I'm bringing a $25 gift. I'm going to leave with a $25 gift. Everything's straight. Right. I left with hundreds of dollars worth of gifts. I cried. Yeah. I was sitting there like, I don't know what to do. A, this, I'm not comfortable with this. This is crazy. Eight name brand Adidas hoodies, <laughs> yeah. sweatpants. I was like, what is going on? I got an envelope like $50 in this one, $100 in this one. I was like, yo, man, are y'all pitying me? Like I almost <laughs> resented it at first. I'm like, I ain't, I ain't that broke, mother. I've been gone without you. I don't need you now. But that's just like that's just how they were. And it's not their yeah. fault they're well off. They no. like to shower you with love and exactly. gifts. Exactly. And that's how they show love. But that wasn't something that I had really experienced before. Yeah, no. And I remember this, like, they ended up getting out like they had bought a bunch of just you know those little disc shooters? They like shoot those little foam gift discs. Oh, like the little nerf guns or little something? Little nerf gun kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have so they had bought a bunch of those and they were all like shooting each other and like running around and like I was just kind of like overwhelmed with the whole experience. I was like, why is there fun happening? Yeah. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's yelling. Nobody's cried. Everybody was on time. Yeah. Like what is going on so here? What's this act? What, what bit is this? Nobody's even drunk. It's nobody's funny. even fighting. Like two years after, like after I finally accepted, I was like, oh, okay, this is just, this is what a normal, like there is traditional families out there, I guess. Yeah. And then Brittany's mom, she started dating this guy named Dana and he's from bum fucking like Baghdad, near Baghdad, Kentucky, past Shelbyville. And I saw it. I was just watching him as he was watching this family go. And he was like, he's way different than me. Like, he's redneck as they come. He's got a mullet. His name's Dinah. Drinks with Bud Lights. But I was just sitting there and they were giving him gifts. And he just had this, like, this look of bewilderment on his face. And I was like, yeah. I was like, it's fucking weird, isn't it? He was like, these people are fucking crazy. And I was like, yeah. So, so like, me and him bonded just over that. Just yeah. like, yeah. And then after years, like, man, we're lucky to be in this family. Yeah. I like, know. Yeah, it is wild. Yeah. It turns out they're just healthy. That's yeah. what that is. That's yeah. what it is. And it's nothing like against the way that I grew up or anything. Like, I feel like I grew up fine. Like, my mom always loved me. It's just different circumstances. She was yeah. always hustling. Like, I'd be at Applebee's at night, chilling in the section that was closed down because, like, we didn't have no, she couldn't afford anyone to watch me. So, like, yeah, you just come to work and sit over there, read your books, play your cards. Yeah, and then any family functions, people are always fighting. I feel like that's all I was. I don't know how that ever happened. My goal is somehow to make that not happen. Yeah. <laughs> we, it, with us, it was always, we were running late. Mm-hmm. And so there was stress. And then you got to, like, people are spending a fuck ton of money that they don't have to spend, especially, like, Christmas time. And so everybody's, like, stressed out because, like, they just, and my parents still do this. My parents still spend way more money on us for Christmas than they should ever spend. And it's it's actually escalated a lot because they have more money now than they used to. It's the same thing with my mom. Like, I feel like she's trying to make up for lost time. And it's like, I don't. I never cared that like we didn't get a lot of Christmas. But now she's like, oh, we're gonna get crab legs for Christmas dinner. We're doing a whole ribeye. And I was like, oh, why don't we just do like a brisket? And it's just like you know, just drink and party and shit like we normally do. We don't gotta go all out. She's like, I'm a thirty. I don't need gifts. Yeah, like, you can throw me fifty if you want, but you know, <laughs> yeah. let me smoke some of your weed and we'll be cool. <laughs> That's all I really want. I was lucky though, cause like even though my parents were dealing with shit, like 
and I don't want to touch on it too much because like it's in the past and it's not a problem anymore now at yeah. all. And like we all have really good relationships with each other. But one thing I can say is like my parents had good good jobs, so I was lucky that way. Like we were right. never we were never hungry. We never wanted for anything. And that's not something that a lot of my friends have experienced. And I don't know if that was something that I really realized about you because we just weren't that close back then. Yeah. And it's like I said, I always like, my mom always said like, you know, you don't need to be telling our business every Like if we're tight, we're tight. It's cool. But like, it was never like, I never went, I never missed many meals. It might've been once or twice. Like ride food, can't go to the grocery tomorrow. I'm like, ah, well, fuck it. Mm-hmm. But like for the most part, like I always had a roof over my head. Like if I needed money for field trips, she'd make it happen. And then, uh, yeah, she always worked harder than like I said, sophomore year. The shit finally took off. And now I feel like she's like, yeah, I got money, son. She's buying everything. She's real. She's a uh, sedity. I like to call her. <laughs> she loves nice things. So what are you into now? Because I know that you're about to you're about to have a daughter. You're working as a lineman. Like, what's your next what's your next move? I don't know. It's weird because like, I feel like every four years it's like a different journey. Like I don't know what's gonna happen. This we'll ride this one out, and then we we'll go on to this, float around in limbo for a bit. But now it's like I've got my ticket. It's like I'm set in my career, and I just about to have the. I'm really excited about the kid. That's it's, what it's got to be. I, I, my, my number was always like around thirty. I wanted to have it. So my mom had us when we real young. And there's a lot of pros to it. Like, by the time I was able to drive and shit, like, she was still young enough to party, so we got to do a lot of, like, I had to be her DD all the time, and then we got to party together. But at the same time, you know, like, it was hard for her growing up, and she was a single mom, wouldn't take well for anything, she would work three jobs if she had to, because she's real proud. I think it was a Mexican thing. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, I might try to do it just a little bit different. And her and my dad, they split when I was real, real young, but even though he wasn't always there, like, it wasn't like, he was a bad fella. Like, he would call me all the time, like, anytime he left the country, he'd call. So I always felt like I had a good dad, like even though he wasn't there and almost made it better because then we were with each other like very rarely did he have to like scold me or anything because we always wanted to appreciate the time we had that was weird like i lived with him in dc in seventh grade because uh their mom that's whenever she had the hardest time she really couldn't afford to keep us and uh so we moved with my dad in dc and that was the year that 9-11 happened and the dc sniper shit was fucking wild and that was probably the first time not diversity, but like I just noticed like how things were different there. So I'm in the school that I was an AP program, so now by this time I was like, I'm pretty smart. And they're like, we'll put them in regular classes. I was like, I'm not regular, I'm an advanced program. And what they were nice to say, I was like, yeah, but you're advanced program from Kentucky. <laughs> and I was, I was adamant, I was like, I'm not doing regular courses. So they ended up sticking me in honors, their version of honors. And uh, it was cool for English. And then I went to math class. I did pre-cal in seventh grade. Holy shit. I remember sitting there with Mr. Burke, and he was a fucking hopscotch teacher too. They were weird out there. And there's a lot of different <laughs> ethnicities, too. That was a whole other dynamic I had to get used to. I hung out with the Asians. Those were my people. Mm. Mexicans didn't know English. They didn't like me. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like pre-cow. It took me like two months to catch up. But then it was cool. But it almost kind of set me up for failure. Then when I came back to Kentucky, I was like, oh, done all this shit. So I had like three years. Where I was just running through the motions. Done this, done this, done this. But it was wild, like how much smarter those kids were out there. You think it was that they were smarter, or you think it's just like their parents had taught them patterns of behavior that just let allowed them to be more successful? I think it was that most of them, because uh, my dad lived in Arlington, right? You know where the Iwo Jima Memorial? Mm-hmm. We lived like literally like that was we could see that out of our living room window, oh, condo wow. right there. He wished he would have never sold it. He missed out. He could have cashed in. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I lived there, and then most of the kids I went to school with in Williamsburg, Virginia, is in Arlington. They were pretty well off, but I think just the school system there is better. But I don't know how to like I don't know how to explain how it is or whatever. But like they just they got their shit figured out a little bit better than we do. Yeah, that makes sense. We're struggling. I mean, like we're not quite Appalachia. Appalachia. We're not quite like West Virginia. Right. But we got still a lot of the challenges. There's a lack of, and I experience this a lot as a teacher. There's just a lack of value for education. Yeah. People hate school, and they just like they don't see what the point of it is. So 
I think that has a lot to do with it. That's interesting, though. I didn't know that you lived in D.C. for a while. Did you like it there? Yeah, no, actually, I loved it because it was cool. Like, I remember I would listen to uh, The Blueprint, Jay-Z, The Blueprint, and I'd ride the Metro, and we'd take it, I'd play at this basketball court with all the Asian kids, hung out with this dude. His real name, real name was Mege, something I can't pronounce, Gandhi. But then everyone just called him John Gandhi, but he was like a big dude at the time, and he was real quiet. But for whatever reason, like him and this other kid named An Trong, like, took me under their wing, and, like, they got me into fucking anime, Dragon Ball Z, uh, first time I skipped school to play video games was Counter-Strike. Nice. My dad worked for the government. He had like a T1 connection, which was fucking dope back then. DSL was just coming out. But like to do online gaming with Counter-Strike, like, you know. And we lived in a condo, but he had the T1 connection, so it was on. Oh, shit. I remember T1. I remember yeah. everybody talking about it. That was like, that was the shit. And I was told on that I had that. He was like, dude, what? What, you got a T1 connection? He's like, you got to have like an office space for that. And I was like, well, I got it in my dad's bedroom. That's tight. And I faked being sick. And I played Counter-Strike all day. And I lost track of time. And he came home and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Man, that's something I never got into. Chad was really into video games. Dave was really into video games. Our generation was really the first generation who had access to like legitimately fucking good video games. Yeah. And like we get to see the progress. It just keeps getting better and better. It does keep getting better. Now they're too good though. Like you got to play a game for like seven hours just to get into the game now. That's the thing that sucks. They are too good. Like Fortnite, it's they're trying to get you addicted to it so they can sell you shit. Yeah. They never, got it so figured out that it's actually fucked up a little bit. Never bought into Fortnite. Me either. I was like, I think for my big thing, I was like, I think it's just so popular because it was free. And it was fun to play, but it was free. And then they were like, there's a bunch of articles, like the colors on it are designed to get you hooked. Yep. And then I never do the pay to play shit. Like on my phone. No. I used to like phone games, the first fucking ad, or like, oh, if you buy this, the Candy Crush. Well, you pay $2 and you get another three turns. Like, go fuck yourself. Yes, me too. No, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. The moment I start to realize, like, oh, you're trying to play me. Yeah. Fuck you, bro. But at the same time, like Call of Duty, I'll spend, I'll spend whatever it takes to get whatever I want. <laughs> Are you playing Call of Duty Mobile? No, not mobile. Because I got it on Xbox and PlayStation. But I've played it on mobile and it was dope. But I was like, I got a small phone and I got fat thumbs. And I was like, if I get like the little controller set up with a little mount on it, then I'd do it. I got one of those on the way. Yeah, do you really? <laughs> Dude, I wanted to get Google Stadia because it's coming out. But Brittany was like, you have an Xbox and a PlayStation. And it, I was about to buy a gaming PC last year. Get back because that's the best way to play games. Yes, it is. So I had it all specced out. It was going to cost me around $1,300, bucks, but it was going to last like a decade. It was going to be yeah, good to go. PC part picker. But then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that went in another site. And I had like four different things. I was like, am I going AMD or am I going to Intel? <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, then... George Barnett, Evan's dad, came over to look at our roof. We thought it was leaking, and it was horrible. Mm. And we had, like, single shingle, so we had to come out of pocket, like, four grand for it. And I was like, maybe I should buy this computer. Fucking adulthood, man. It I had the same shit happen. It sucks, man. Every goddamn year there's something. No, my furnace <laughs> went out, like, four years ago, and I was like, it's going to be five grand to replace all. I had to replace all of it. Yeah, fucking no, There goes fun for the next two months. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I literally I held, the, like, the spec sheets I had in my hand, and I was talking to, like, my buddies, Baby J, and then uh, Brittany and Allie's husband, where I've met, well, I'd met him before, like at Thunderstuff, she brought him around. But my buddy, Baby J from college, found out he was in the games because no one really knew I was playing games a lot. But he was like, I played Destiny. And I was like, yo, me too, son. And he was like, I bought a headset so I could talk to him. And then he was like, my cousin, Mitch, is going to get on here with us. And I was like, whoa, I've never met anybody like on the game before. And I was kind of nervous about it. Like, what's this guy going to be like? And then, you know, we're bullshitting, going through a couple rounds. And he was like, wait, are you Tim Higdon? 
I was like, yeah, who are you? He's like, I'm Brittany's husband. I was like, yo, I'm Brittany's husband. He's like, no, Brittany Nally. And I was like, oh, I remember you. Brittany's husband's name is Mitch. Yeah, Mitch Anderson. And that's hilarious. She's come up on this podcast a lot. <laughs> I know. I almost made it a point not to bring it up, but fucking I did. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Because I like I like to poke at Brittany. She was my favorite person to argue with in school. Really? Yeah. She's a cool person. I don't really know her now. I haven't seen her in years. I'd love, if you have a contact for her, I'd love to. I mean, like, I found her on social media. Uh, I wrote her out when she changed her number. I tried to, cause I'll call everyone, like, every three or four years, just randomly. I'll call them, hey, what's up? How the fuck are you doing? This and that. And then uh, called her number. Didn't answer, and I can't hit her up on Facebook when she still had it. She's like, "Oh yeah, I changed it," and I was like, "You sell out." But uh, I know she's super in shape. Oh, I yeah. still love her, by the way. I didn't write her out of my life. Mm. She's just married and has her own family. That's what everybody does. She had now. a six pack while she was pregnant. That Damn. shit was what? Yeah, wow. I didn't even know you could do it. She like put Instagram videos over here doing like CrossFit workouts, like seven months pregnant. And I was like, "Whoa, that's wild." I'm I'm trying to imagine what that would look like in my head, and it it, it like a turtle shell, kind of like a turtle shell on her belly. Yeah, gross. <laughs> like, but it wasn't gross at the same time. It was really? fascinating. I was like, That's wild I bet it sense. was. It just says a lot about her character. She's just super disciplined. I just want to know, like, what physical condition that baby's gonna be in. Like, it's got to be great, right? Just come out packing with abs. I would love to have her as a guest on the show, just because she's come up so often now. Yeah. She was a, uh, like, it, one of the things I realized when I was listening to Dave's podcast is there's a. I might have been a little bit girl crazy for the majority of my life. Oh, who was it? I was not. I was not getting laid, and that was the reason why. <laughs> Story of my life, even today. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, no, she does come up a lot, but I think it's because like when you first meet her, because you know, like, she was pretty, and you expect her just to be like you know a plastic bitch, but she was like actually really cool too. Yeah. But like I remember, I think she cared more about my grades than like me and my parents did. Like, she was always, <laughs> I'm like, Timmy, you need to do your homework, this and that. I'm like, why don't you just get the fuck out of my business and let me go drink at Nick's house? I'm not doing history rock and roll homework. <laughs> Honestly, she probably wouldn't have come up so often if there hadn't been like two or three really big experiences that she and I kind of shared together uh-huh. that are just, it's really easy to make fun of me for those things. Yeah. So all of my friends want to bring those up. Of course. <laughs> Got to. Which is fun. That's what friends are for, man. Yeah, absolutely. If they can't put you in your place, then why you even have them around? Yeah, I remember uh, she took me. We went to the mall together one time. Like it wasn't like a date or anything. I was talking about I was going to get white tees from Foot Locker, and she was like, "I'm going to the mall today too. We should go." And I was like, "Fuck yeah, come pick me up," because uh, I think my my brother was borrowing my Jeep or something. So she came and picked me up, and she was going to get like outfits. And I remember thinking, I was like, "Yeah, she's gonna try an outfit." And she's like, "How do I look in this?" And I was pumped about it. And after like the third outfit, I just kind of realized like she was gay best friend of me. I was like, Brittany, and I don't like being at the mall either. I was like, I get my five white tees and I bounce. Right. I don't fuck around. She's walking into Charlotte Ruse. Like, this looks fun. And this looks fun. <laughs> On the way there, we're listening to that fucking Kesha song. Or it might have been Katy Perry. Which song? Uh, one of the ones that are really fun to sing, but just not when people are around. Okay, I see. Yeah. And it was the one, the whiskey, wake up in the morning. That's like, Kesha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's fucking wilding out to it. And I'm just thinking, I was like, <laughs> You like me, but like I, I can't sing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think at this point now, Brittany, if you're listening to this, I think you don't really have a choice now. You yeah. kind of have to be on the podcast now. Yeah, you got to come. I'm calling you out. Um, and unless I'm, you're too good for us now. Oh, is she? Is that the kind of maybe thing? Maybe the rumors are true. Maybe she is conceited. Oh shit! I never heard <laughs> those rumors. I don't know. I only heard it from other girls. Oh really? Yeah. Girls are haters. They all Fucking are girls haters. are hating on each other. This is what I learned because, like I said, like I did like childhood and human development, and I got into that shit because I decided I wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And this is what I learned: boys bully each other physically. They just beat the shit out of you. Yeah. And they'll be mean to you because they want to be your friend. The girls are psychological. Yes. Yeah. They girls are all about status 
they try to take you down a peg. If they if they think that you have higher status than them, they're gonna talk shit about you to try to take you down a peg. They're vin- they're fucking mean. And girls, girl, girl dynamics in a school are way harder to deal with than boy dynamics. Boys yeah. are just like, are y'all gonna fight? Well, don't fight. You can get hurt. I don't or, think Brittany fits into that mold though, because we play bloody knuckles all the time, and she'd win every time. Shit. But she also left her rings on. She was dirty. Damn, that's fucking rude. <laughs> just toughness. <laughs> yeah. But no, she and her and Chelsea Haynes. We had history rock and roll. Chelsea Haynes is probably one of my favorite people I've ever met in my life. She is a very unique spirit. I remember my first memory ever, we're at a pep rally and someone like brought a condom, like, we're gonna blow it up and throw it. And like, woo, it's gonna be an awesome prank. But like everyone bitched out, no one would do it. And she was, I always heard about her, but I never knew her. <laughs> she was in the middle, she was like, give me that shit. And she fucking stood up and threw it. And I was like, this bitch was crazy. That's cool. I would love to I would love to reach out to all those people. I, I don't have connections to them a lot, but I feel like that's gonna change. As I would I say I'd reach out for you, but most people don't answer my calls anymore. They just assume like I'm drunk, just calling to talk mad shit. That's funny. I'll get. I'll, I'll make it work. It'll be fine. You remember Hugh Lee? Yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. talking to Hugh. He's about to go out of the country. I'm gonna try to get Chris Young on here because that motherfucker is doing all Chris kinds Young's of son, shit. Chris Young is living the fucking dream right now. He's for sure carving his own path. Yes, he is. And and I think he's probably having amazing experiences that a lot yeah. of others of us will not get to have. That's what I envy from him. Yeah. Because like that's cool. So like you know, like I think I'm like I'm free spirit and I'm just rolling in the wind. Mm-hmm. He's literally doing it. I think he also just ended up getting malaria or some bullshit yeah, no, like I'm that. Pros and cons. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. It's cool. We've actually done a really good job. We we kind of came full circle and we've made it back to high school. I know. So if you want, we can wrap this up. We can. Or we can just start getting into politics. No, I'm just yeah, you want to talk about politics? <laughs> couldn't pay me to Donald talk about Trump is orange <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he's on meth. I just know he was in a Nelly song. Was he? Bill Gates, Donald Trump, oh. let me in now. <laughs> Tim, thank you so much for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me, man. This was awesome. It's super fun. Do you want... I'm going to stay in touch. I, I, once I get my shit set up in the basement. Did we just become best friends? I think we might have. Yes. Don't put your nuts on my drum set, though. <laughs> That's all right. I don't put my nuts on anything. Not at all. Brittany cut that shit out. She's like, yeah, keep those locked up. <laughs> she got your nuts in like a box? Yeah, shaft only. Shaft, no balls. <laughs> That's okay. You don't really need them. You already made a baby, so you don't even need them now. Are you going to have more babies? Uh, Yeah, at least one more. Okay, well, then she'll probably have to let them out of the box like one more time. I just got to wait till she falls asleep. I'm about to get mine snipped <laughs> off. Snipped off for real? I don't know if they're going to... I don't think they come all the way off. Hey, like when you get a vasectomy, do they really like... I don't understand how that works. I don't want to look into it because I'm afraid I'll be terrified of what I find out. Jake Stratton had one and... What? Yeah. Well, he's he's got two kids. What? So he's done. I did not know you that. You didn't know that Jake had two kids? No. He's got Elias and he's got Micah shit yeah that's wild so uh what they do this is for real they lift your shaft and they do it like a small incision like right under they do local anesthetic oh put me out put me down (laughs) just just, you know what just i don't even want to be awake but you are awake totally awake he said it's like an outpatient procedure they they bring you in they numb you up they do a tiny little cut and they reach in with their finger and scoop around and pull your shit like the the cords, nope. like the tubes, nope. right? And then they do their <laughs> thing to them. I don't know if they like snip them or they. T- I think they tie them in a knot and then they maybe snip them. I don't know. Ooh. But he said the worst part was they grab and they like pull all that shit back in through that hole. I'm gonna do it, but oh. I'm scared. I, I've 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 been putting it off for as long as possible. I probably won't put any of that shit in the podcast, but dude. This was so. This was so much fun. No, this was fun for real. Like I said, like if you ever come around for season two, 
you have a recurring guest I, absolutely. sign me up because i would love it if you would do it again yeah i would love it if we could get like zach and nick and troy to do like a group podcast and that, then i want to try to mix it up like t- bring tj into the mix yeah bring dave vandenberg and then jake into the mix i don't want to like i was thinking too i almost had some like people that like i remember a lot from like caravan almond and most mm. people like me and her were never like super super close but like i just find myself running into her every couple of years really and i remember i was sitting next to her in mr tatum's class actually and she was always shy quiet and pretty reserved and like i would make it a point to uh <laughs> i'd make it a point to like oh, i'm gonna get this girl to break like you're gonna talk you're gonna be on my level today and she never would and then i'd see her on western's campus i'm like yeah and i always called her doctor she sounded like she had a doctor's name i'd be like dr von allman <laughs> like in front of the whole campus and she was like lit up like she was smiling kind of like god damn it he fucking found me <laughs> but like she's always been really cool and i started a softball game last summer i think mm-hmm. there's like people like that i'm like what are they up to these days right. i don't know the story and that's what i'm trying to do and i mean like i think the reach it's actually pretty decent already. I yeah. mean, it's, it hasn't, this hasn't existed for a very long time. But That's like, cool. So I'm in the first 10? First 10 episodes, first, maybe? Not first 10 episodes, but first 10 people. Because there's... What's happened is like... They, oh, I mean, that's cool. They're that's sort cool. of becoming two-part episodes. Like, we've been talking now. We've got two hours and 15 minutes worth of audio. Oh, Jesus Christ. So that'll probably yeah, be... Like, I could easily go another two hours if we wanted we're to. Easy. <laughs> we're easy. So that's what I'm saying. Few subjects. We got to do... That's why we got to do it multiple appearances i'm gonna try to get so like this is what i'm thinking eventually we're gonna let's just say bye let's say bye first and then we'll talk about the shit afterwards okay tim thank you so much for doing this you're welcome sir it was amazing it was amazing all right let's wrap this up all right man hey i'm glad we're just friends hey, let's be more than friends we should be more than just friends you got it bro i got some condoms you want to fuck right now <laughs> Nah, i'm done with condoms okay well that's fine me too <laughs> all right dude well thank you so much hey no problem man we'll do it again later brother peace All right, guys, and that's the show. If you loved that episode as much as I did, you're probably feeling exactly how I'm feeling right now, which is bummed out because you want to talk to Tim some more. But don't worry. He's promised me he's going to come back. There are going to be episodes that include him in the future, him and also maybe even a few extra people sprinkled into the mix. I've got four mics, and I'm ready to use them. So I've already got big plans in the works, and I'm really excited about it. I hope you guys are too. As always, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, rate the show, leave us a review. And also, if you want to be a guest on the show, just let me know. I will be happy to have you. If you've got the guts to reach out to me and say, hey, Mitch, I would love to do a podcast with you, you're going to be a great guest already. And for the rest of you guys who are just listening, that's totally cool too. I can definitely appreciate not feeling comfortable with getting out in front of a whole bunch of people and talking. But you can also help. You can share the podcast. You can let people know what's going on. The most listened to episode that we've got so far resulted in two people sharing links to the episode on their Facebook page. That's all it takes, guys. Just a little help from your friends. So let's be like the Beatles and let's help each other out. So share the episodes. Tell people about the Facebook page. Tell people about the Instagram page. Let's start a movement. Let's create something together. This community of people who loves each other and invests in each other and cares about each other We got to have it, guys. It's a part of who we are as people. So I love you all. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Goodbye.